Welcome to AM Now, where we bring you the trending accounting matters we're following. I'm your host, Adam Olson, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Nicole Harger and Matt Fisser. Each bite-sized episode keeps you and your finance and accounting teams in the know. Join us each week as we unpack these issues, topics, and accounting matters now. You're listening to AM Now, an accounting matters podcast. I'm Adam Olson. And I'm Nicole Harger. This week, we'll kick off today's episode with the FASB's latest accounting standard recently issued on joint venture accounting. We will then pivot to the SEC, who was busy last week, providing a couple of updates from that regulator. Very busy indeed, Nicole. (laughs) We will highlight the final rules that the SEC issued related to their private fund advisors, and then quickly give an update on the extended comment period that they recently opened up on the SEC's proposed rule on safeguarding customer assets. Let's dive right in, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. So since our last episode, the FASB issued Accounting Standards Update 2023-05, aimed at enhancing transparency and consistency in financial reporting for joint ventures. The ASU addresses concerns about diversity in practice by offering clear guidance on the formation of accounting for joint ventures and their separate financial statements. The ASU's key objectives are twofold. Firstly, to equip investors and capital allocators with more informative data in the separate financial statements of joint ventures. And then secondly, to standardize the reporting approach in this domain. The FASB has observed that the absence of specific guidelines led to varying practices in accounting for contributions to joint ventures during their formation. Yeah, the ASU's provisions require joint ventures to adopt a fresh accounting basis upon their formation. This implies that newly established joint ventures will initially value their assets and liabilities at fair value in alignment with the business combination guidance in ASC 805. The new rules are set to take effect prospectively for joint ventures that are formed on or after January 1st of 2025, of course, with an option for early adoption. We should also mention that for joint ventures that were established before the ASU's effective date, they have the choice to apply the amendments retrospectively if sufficient information is available. These changes mark a significant step towards harmonizing financial reporting practices and providing more accurate insights to stakeholders. Yeah, next up, the SEC has adopted new rules and amendments under the Investment Advisors Act of 1940. These changes are designed to provide better safeguards for investors and to ensure greater transparency within the private fund sector. Private funds, which have gained prominence over the past decade, play a significant role today in financial markets and impact millions of Americans indirectly through various investment channels. Under the new rules, registered private fund advisors must now provide quarterly statements to investors. These statements will detail fund performance, investment costs, fees, expenses, and advisor compensation. Advisors are also required to arrange annual financial statement audits for the private funds they manage. These audits will provide an important check on the advisor's valuation of private fund assets and protect private fund investors against the misappropriation of fund assets. The rule also adds requirements for secondary transactions. It requires a registered private fund advisor to obtain a fairness opinion or evaluation opinion when offering existing fund investors the option between selling their interest in a private fund and converting or exchanging their interest in the private fund for interest in another vehicle advised by the advisor 
or any of its related persons. The rule also requires the advisor to prepare and distribute to the private funds investors a summary of any material business relationships the advisor has or has had within the past two years with the independent opinion provider. This requirement will provide a check against advisors' conflicts of interest in structuring and leading such transactions. To add to that, in order to prevent conflicts that could harm investors, the new rule restricts private fund advisors from certain activities. These include things like charging or allocating to the private fund fees or expenses associated with an investigation of the advisor without consent or disclosure from fund investors, charging or allocating to the private fund regulatory examination or compliance fees or expenses of the advisor unless such fees and expenses are disclosed to investors, reducing the amount an advisor clawback by the amount of certain taxes unless the advisor discloses the pre-tax and post-tax amount of the clawback to investors, charging or allocating fees or expenses related to a portfolio investment on a non-prorata basis unless the allocation approach is fair and equitable and the advisor distributes advance written notice of the non-prorata charge and a description of how the allocation approach is fair and equitable under the circumstances. And finally, borrowing or receiving an extension of credit from a private fund client without disclosure to and consent from fund investors. Further, to address any effects of preferential treatment on other investors, the rule prohibits all private fund advisors from providing preferential terms to investors regarding certain redemptures from the fund and certain preferential information about portfolio holdings or exposures. In addition, this rule prohibits all private fund advisors from providing preferential treatment to investors unless certain terms are disclosed in advance of an investor's investment in the private fund and all terms are disclosed after the investor's investment. The implementation timeline varies based on assets under management. For the private fund audit rule and the quarterly statement rule, the compliance date will be 18 months after data publication in the Federal Register. For the advisor-led secondaries rule, the preferential treatment rule, and the restricted activities rule, the compliance dates are 12 months after the date of publication in the Federal Register. For registered advisors with $1.5 billion or more in private fund assets under management, in 18 months after the date of publication on the Federal Register for those advisors with less than $1.5 billion. Moving on to our next SEC story, they announced last week that they reopened the comment period for its proposal titled Safeguarding Advisory Client Assets. This proposal introduced a new rule under the Investment Advisors Act of 1940 aiming to amend the existing custody rule. This decision comes in response to the recent adoption of the private fund advisor audit rule, which we just previously discussed. The extension of the comment period provides interested parties with additional time to evaluate the proposed amendments to the custody rules audit provision, considering the impact of the newly adopted private fund advisor audit rule. A lot of rules this week, <laughs> that's for sure. And that rounds us out for the week. For a deeper dive into what's trending in accounting and finance, check out our other podcast on the Accounting Matters feed on your preferred listening platform. Again, I'm Adam Olson. And I'm Nicole Harger. Thanks for listening to AM Now. We'll see you next week. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. Embark makes no representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in the podcast series, and it should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors. Information discussed in our podcast may also be superseded by new guidance or as new interpretations emerge. 
Listeners are cautioned to carefully evaluate any relevant subsequent authoritative guidance issued.